For New York Now, I'm J.R. Carlsbad, and this is On Film. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of On Film. I'm J.R. Carlsbad, famed film critic for New York Now. I've been with New York Now for 37 years, and every day I wake up and decide once again to love film. And that's why I come in here daily and sit down at a microphone and share my thoughts. Now you might be saying to yourself, this is a weekly podcast, and you're right. I record six additional episodes each week that do not get released to the public. Those are just for Papa. Papa being me. But on this episode that we will be releasing to the public, we will be discussing an important film. A crucial film, even. A film so essential to life that I truly believe no human being should go through their entire life without having seen this film. This film is, of course, Tina's Tiny Tots. Released in 1978, Tina's Tiny Tots was written and directed by Cheryl Fork. Cheryl Fork is a first-time writer-director for this film, and it earned her her very first Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Tina's Tiny Tots is the story of Tina, a dance teacher who takes her little dancers all the way to the big championship in Toledo, Ohio. But the twist is... All of the tots were dead the whole time. Sorry to have spoiled it for you, but as you know, you should not be listening to this show if you have not watched the film. I've made that very clear in the past, and I am getting sick and tired of you listeners telling me I need to stop spoiling the movies. Watch them first. How about that? Can you do that for me, huh? Maybe maybe consider my feelings for once. Ungrateful. Ungrateful. Anyway, let's get into it. Tina's Tiny Tots opens on a shot of Tina, of course, and she is living in her giant mansion all alone. She's independently wealthy. Uh, This does not come up again in the movie. It is never discussed why she has so much money. But she drives her little station wagon over to the dance studio. We are, of course, in Chicago, Illinois, and we see lots of gang violence along the way. Multiple murders being committed in this in real in this real time drive sequence. We follow her all the way from her home to the dance sequence. It is a twenty five minute drive, and we see every minute of it. And I will say it; it's powerful. It's a powerful sequence. It really reminds us all to appreciate the little things, to appreciate the time we have on the road, to appreciate the time we have not on the road, and to look around. And see the world around us. Look at all the murders being committed. It reminds us that America is a crumbling nation. We follow Tina for the next several scenes teaching her dance classes. When finally, 75 minutes into the movie, we get the inciting incident. Which is Tina receiving a letter in the mail. Inviting her and her dance school to the big dance competition in Toledo. The 38th annual big dance competition. She starts training them hard. Harder than they've ever been trained before. The parents come in very concerned about the well-being of their children. And Tina frankly tells them to fuck right off. I in fact have the screenplay in front of me. And I will now read Tina's monologue that she delivers to the parents. 
when they ask her to just go a little easier on their children. Um, This is a direct quote. Well, you can fuck right off if you think I'm going to spend one minute not drilling these children's feet into the ground via dance. You can fuck right off if you think that's, that, that's what I'm going to do. You pay thousands of dollars a month to, for me to teach these little girls dance, and now you're asking me to not teach them? What, do you want your money back? Too bad you're never getting your money back. I have a no money back policy, and you know this. You know this. You signed the contract. You signed the contract. I have the contract here in front of me. What is that? That's your signature. That's your signature signing your money over to me every month. And so if you think you're getting a single cent back from me, oh, you are sorely mistaken. I'm going to keep teaching your children. And they are going to be the best goddamn dancers this side of the Chicago River. I can't speak about the other side. We don't go to the other side. And you know this. You all know this. If I ever find out that one of your girls went to the other side, she's out. Out of the troop. Out of the school. Out of my life. Now I firmly advise all of you to take a seat. Sit back and watch as I turn your children from mediocre dancers into stars. And that monologue, of course, was delivered by Shelley Belly, and she won the Academy Award for Best Leading Actress for that performance, but we all know it was specifically for that monologue. I remember seeing this movie in the theater. I burst into tears. I stood up. I applauded. I was the only one, but I stuck with it. Everyone else told me to sit down They're trying, I'm trying to watch the movie, they said. And I said, I'm trying to appreciate the film. How about that? And then they all stood up and applauded for me. And that's a true story. And if you don't believe it, well, I'm very sorry for you. I'm sorry for the sad life you live. Okay? Okay? Is that enough of an apology? I'm sorry. Anyway... Tina trains these tots, these tiny, tiny tots, until they perform the most unbelievable dance routine, all set to the song, Jump in the Line. And the the subversive thing that they do here is that nobody at any point jumps into a line. There's no jumping, there's no lines in this entire routine. Subversive, incredible. And now we think, of course, well, they're going to take this routine to the big dance competition in Toledo, Ohio. And of course they do until the group right before them in the big final performance steals their routine. There was a spy inside of Tina's Tiny Tot's school for dance. One of the mothers was secretly recording all of their dance practices and sending them off to this other team. So this other team performs the jump in the line, no jumps, no lines routine, and it receives a standing ovation. People are wiping tears from their eyes. You can see people's lives being changed in the audience. And you think, well, well, they're shit fucked. That's what I said out loud in the theater and again got yelled at. I said, well, well, they can kiss that trophy goodbye. But what happened next, I never could have seen coming. In between each routine, the announcer comes out and speaks for about 30 seconds to give a little spiel about each dance team. So while we hear the announcer telling the audience who's up next, of course, Tina's Tiny Tots School of Dance, Tina is backstage choreographing a brand new routine. She choreographs 
a full seven-minute dance routine in 25 seconds and teaches it to these tiny tots. And do you think they would have been able to do this if she had listened to those parents? If she had, if she had taken a step back and went easy on these girls? Do you think they would have been able to learn a seven-minute fully choreographed routine in, in 25 seconds? Absolutely not. They would have maybe been able to do six minutes and 15 seconds in that much time. And that would have been pathetic. Look, I don't know a lot about dance, I'll be honest. But I know a lot about stakes, and the stakes had never been higher. And we just see little bits of movement here and there. Of course, they're not going to show us the entire routine. They only show us the first five and a half minutes while they're backstage. But sped up. They're moving so quickly. You think, oh, oh my goodness, are they going to speed dance? No, they slow it down on stage. And up until this moment, the jump in the line, no jumps, no lines routine was the single most beautiful dance I'd ever seen in my life. But not anymore. Because now I had seen a different routine. Set, of course, to the song Lady in Red, slowed down so it's seven minutes long, where these tiny tots jumped in the line. They did a jump in the line dance, but not to jump in the line. Again, subverting everyone's expectations. The audience couldn't believe their eyes. We saw an audience member take out his cell phone, call his employer and say, boss, I quit. And this was revolutionary as cell phones weren't really a thing yet. This movie was inventing technology and reinventing cinema all at once. Now, of course, we all knew this already about the film. We know what happens. We knew the cultural significance of it, the impact it had on society. I mean... The amount, of, the amount of parents that signed their children up for dance, it, it, it can't even be measured with numbers. It was unfathomable. My goodness, we didn't even discuss the big twist. I'm so sorry, folks. I was just so engrossed in thinking about that dance, I forgot about the big twist. Of course, again, we all know this, so what is the point of me even talking about it? Of course, at the very end of the film... The judges go to hand Tina's tiny tots the trophy as they win the competition. And when they go to hand them the trophy, the trophy slips through all of their fingers and it is revealed that they have been translucent this whole time and they're ghosts. They don't really get into the logistics of that, why it happened, what's the meaning behind it. And I don't think they need to. I don't think they need to. Okay, but now moving on. We know about the significance, the impact, all of that, how wonderful this movie is. No, cinema hasn't been the same since. But what we need to talk about here is the behind-the-scenes drama. And I know what you're thinking. This was a perfect movie. How could there have been drama? Well, I'll tell you, folks. Sometimes Hollywood is a messy business. I know this as someone who has never worked in Hollywood and only reviews movies. Films, excuse me. I will be putting... A dollar in the movie jar when I'm done here. I have a jar, and any time I accidentally call a film a movie, I put a dollar in. There's only $7 in there for my entire life. I've only made that mistake seven times. Don't count it on this podcast. I beg of you, do not go back and count. We're going to say it's only been once. If you go back and count, I swear to God I will come find you. I will come find you. I only did it once, and you can trust me. There was drama behind the scenes here. We're just, we're just segueing right back into that. There was a lot of drama. As you know, the director had initially 
tried to cast actual ghosts to play the Tiny Tots, but they were simply too translucent. And so a lot of ghost rights activists were up in arms about this when they decided to cast living children to play the ghosts. And I can't say for sure whether I support or don't support this decision. Look, I think the movie came out the way it needed to film. I've done it again. That's twice and no more than twice. I think this film came out exactly the way it was supposed to. And so I think those little girls were supposed to be cast. Whether I agree with it or not, that is how it played out. And so I think we need to respect that. And those little girls went through months of ghost boot camp. They studied at all the greatest haunted houses across America, learning how to be ghosts. And then learning how to be ghosts who were pretending to not be ghosts. Because of course, Tina is aware that all these girls are ghosts, but the rest of the world is not. Even their parents don't know. They've been hiding this secret that they've been dead for years from their parents. None of their parents ever wonder, how come my little girl has been a little girl for the last 12 years? They never ask questions. And that's its own commentary, I think. But with all this protesting that was happening outside the filming of, of the film, tensions were high on set. A lot of the little girls were expressing diva behavior. They were refusing to come out of their trailers until until the cookies were out at craft at crafty. That's craft services for the layman being all of you. Every single one of you listening. A layman. Other little girls were not letting the other actors look them in the eyes when they said their lines. And they refused to do coverage. And that is frankly unprofessional. I will say that. I do not support those actions. I think if you're going to be an actor, you should be there on the day, ready to look people in the eyes and do coverage. I'm sorry to all actors. You're not above doing coverage. You're not above having a camera over your shoulder pointed at someone else and just delivering your lines again. It's not a huge deal. Get over it. And it is, of course, because of these... Uh, diva behavior is that none of these children ever worked again. All of them were blacklisted from Hollywood and have never been seen in the public ever since. Not one of them has ever been seen again. Don't ask me where they are. I don't know. I'm getting a lot of you asking me where they are. When I announced that I was going to be covering this movie, a lot of you wrote in, Oh, JR, JR, Mr. Carlsbad, Professor Carlsbad. I'm not a professor, first off. Don't call me that. Uh, but Professor Carlsbad, where are those little girls? Where are they? I don't know. I don't know. And stop asking me. I can't help you. I doubt they're little girls anymore. Unlike the movie, they're not ghosts. So they will age. They do age. So you should maybe stop looking for a bunch of little girls from 1978 and start looking for a bunch of... A bunch of women in their, what, late 50s, early 60s at this point? Yeah, somewhere around there. I don't know. I'm not a mathematician. I'm a film critic. And you need to remember that and respect that. Anyway, this movie went on to win 17 Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, Best Leading Actress, Best Supporting Actor for Jeremy Frink, who played Tina's husband, her very supportive husband, who was having an affair, but was supportive otherwise. 
those were just some of them. It also won, you know, cinematography, editing, sound, all those things nobody gives a fuck about and are frankly unimportant. I'm kidding. They're not unimportant. When it comes to film, there is not a single job on that set that is unimportant. Except for a gaffer. I don't know what that is. Maybe it is important. If someone... Look, I hate getting fan mail. But if someone writes in and explains to me what a gaffer is, I swear to God, I'll kiss you on the mouth. I just don't understand it. I'll kiss you right on the mouth. And I'll enjoy it. All right. Well, that's all the time I have for today. I have to go. I have an important meeting with with Steven Spielberg. Not about a movie. We're just hanging out. Until next time. For New York Now, I am J.R. Carlsbad, and this has been On Film.